I feel it. Don't you think I feel it? I can't do any of these vile things, and I wouldn't want to. Oh, my life is like death. My children are the spawn of hell, and you're the devil. Oh, God. Hello, hello, I'm Katie, and welcome to Retromade, your pop culture rewind. Let's take another trip down memory lane. Today, we travel back to December of 1987 to discuss my favorite Kurt Russell movie, where he joins his real-life partner in the comedy gold that is Overboard. I'm excited to have Doug Greenberg joining me today, and Doug is a fellow Last of the Action Heroes Podcast Network host where he hosts Rocky Minute, as well as some flagship network, Stallone Gems with Ryan and Craig. Doug, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Katie. This is an honor to be uh, to be part of your, your little journey down memory lane. I love it. Oh, thanks. Well, tell us more about your shows and, and when, when we can expect some more uh, Rocky Minute. <laughs> that is the question, isn't it? My main show is Rocky Minute. I've been doing it for, I think we released season one in 2017. So we've been oh, at wow. it for a while. What, yeah, what we do is we go, me and my co-host, we're going through the Rocky Minutes, um, analyzing one minute of movie time each episode. Um, a few major life uh, events happened right around the pandemic in 2020. And uh, it stalled production where... Uh, I'm kind of dripping out uh, episodes of Rocky three as we speak. Um, they're not coming out as frequently as, as the first couple of seasons were, but they're coming out. Anybody that's wondering Rocky minute is still a thing. We're still going and um, you know, we're, we're, we're moving forward. That's all I could say. That's good to hear. Good to hear. Um, as of the other ones, I, I uh, like you said, I co-host Sylvester Sloan fan podcast network with Ryan and Craig. And um, we do a, uh, Sylvester Stallone movies and one-off episodes and we're kind of going through his home whole filmography uh good and the bad little by little yep. <laughs> I um, love and it. also I appreciate that as well also I'm um with Seiko another last of the action heroes host uh we're doing the Arnold podcast where we're doing select oh, Arnold that's movies right that's right yeah. I just haven't heard an episode lately and so I had kind of forgotten about that but thank you for bringing that up yeah we're coming back, I think, this fall with um with another block of episodes. Awesome. Let's maybe get into the retro frame of mind by opening the time capsule from December 1987. I got to say, I think that 1987 might be the best year of the 80s for this type of nostalgia. Uh, it's maybe the best Katie. 80s year. Yeah. You know, uh, night, I'm I'm a total 80s kid. Yeah, born in 78. So I, I lived, okay. you know, most of my life through the 80s. So this, I mean, when, when you do these episodes, it really like hits home for me because I, I love the nostalgia part of it because it's, I lived it, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, 1987 stands out. I was nine years old. And it was just okay. like, it was a monster of a year for like movies and, and yeah. pop culture and everything. It was. And, you know, as we'll get into the TV lineup, the cartoons, like everything. Yeah. And the movies, every 87 was quite the year we did already cover. So the Dirty Dancing episode, we covered a lot of stuff from 1987 mm -hmm. in that episode. But I usually do these like what was happening in the month of the movies release. So this might be like slightly different. The 87 to 88 uh, season for primetime 
the top shows. I mean, it's just a stellar lineup. The Cosby Show, A Different World, Cheers, Golden Girls, Growing Pains, Who's the Boss, Night Court, Murder, She Wrote, Alf, and The Wonder Years. I mean, those are all yeah. awesome shows. What were you watching? Yeah, definitely. I was big on Alf. <laughs> oh, really? Alf. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved The Wonder Years, um, Cosby Show I, I watch a lot of. My mm -hmm. dad was, he was big on Cheers. So I saw a lot of Cheers kind of um, like a secondhand, you know, just being in the room right. while it was on. But I don't, I don't think, I think Cheers was a little grown up for me at the time. I didn't appreciate it as much. Yeah. But watching reruns now, I, I get it, you know. Um, I know you're a big Golden Girls fan, right? Oh, my God. It's so yeah. good. Did you watch it <laughs> yeah. at all? Or no, probably um, not. Maybe, <laughs> maybe here and there, but it wasn't, wasn't on my radar as much. Yeah, I can see that. Well, who's the boss and growing pains like those were like oh, yeah, two yeah. families that like kind of epitomize the 80s sitcom for me in addition oh. to the cosby show but man yeah i, I for, forgot those totally i samantha maselli was my first crush uh, oh i can see that yeah. i can see that oh yeah i really liked tony maselli <laughs> yeah tony danza <laughs> I mean, I can imagine. Even a, yeah. Even as a kid, I I guess I really liked those Italian guys yeah. for some reason. Yeah, and the never Frank songs, Stallone though, huh? No, 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 <laughs> no, no can do. Speaking of Brian, right. who I do the Rocky show with, he has a Rambo podcast. So Doug is referencing his Frank Stallone coverage on that show, mm -hmm. which is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, you're about but to yeah, say the, the theme songs. Yes, the theme songs, the '80s, like they just don't make them. Like they don't do it like no. this anymore. But 80s sitcom theme songs were that's where it was at yeah and they're so famous and so like well known that they've been spoofed a hundred times you know but it's that's true i mean they, they were every single i mean cheers was legendary but you know you take like the growing pains where you know the guy the character throws a football to the other one and then stands and looks at the camera with his arms crossed you know what i mean it was like before the title their uh, name card yeah. comes up it's just goofy, goofy theme songs and and like uh, opening credits, but I love it. it love every. I do too. It. I mean, and it is kind of cheesy, but that's I I like it. It was like a simpler time, obviously mm. maybe because we were kids, but it just seemed like the '80s were simpler. We didn't have the internet yet. Yeah. yeah. You know. Definitely a simpler time. Now I see what my kids are involved in nowadays, and I'm like, they're just they're growing up way too fast now. Yeah. They have access to too much. Yeah, that's hard. Thankfully, I don't have the human ones. <laughs> that's got to yeah. be hard. But speaking of kids, so, well, you were nine, so you probably still watched cartoons around this time or not? Were you more into wrestling? Yeah. No, you know, uh, and I know, I know wrestling is a is a, a sticking point on your show, too. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I was such a, a fair-weather wrestling fan. Like, I knew okay. the guys, but I, I wasn't sitting in front of the TV every Saturday morning watching wrestling matches. I was more of a cartoon kid. Okay. Yeah, same. Like I, same about wrestling. Um, but the cartoons, eighty-seven man, mm -hmm. Care Bears, Pound Puppies, the real Ghostbusters, the Flintstone Kids, Muppet Babies, Pee Wee's Playhouse, which um, oh, you know, yeah. R.I.P. to uh, Paul Rubens, who recently passed. Smurfs, yeah, Fraggle Rock, Alvin and the Chipmunks. So those were some of the big shows. Were you watching those or something else that you remember? Yeah, maybe in well, the I... mid to late eighties. As far as like the the contemporary ones, I was watching some of those. Not so much Care Bears or Pound Puppies, but mm -hmm. um, uh, definitely Fraggle Rock. Um, 
Where's some of the other ones we just said? Uh, Flintstone Kids, Muppet Babies, Pee Wee, Smurfs. Muppet Babies. Pee Wee, yeah, for sure. Smurfs, yes. But yeah. um, the bigger thing that I was into was like the Looney Tunes oh, cartoons like the after- from like from like the 30s and 40s, like those like, okay. old school ones. Those, I watched were those, those on after religiously. school? Were those, or when they were, were on, those on? They were on early in the morning on school days. Okay. So I would wake up. I would wake up early, sit in front of TV with my little bowl of cereal, and I would I watch Looney Tunes. They yes. were on early Saturday mornings. Okay. Uh, after no, after school was like the that, that was like the GI Joe and and uh, Thundercats and stuff. That's when I, I remember watching okay. those. So the Looney was that also like um, Tom and Jerry and a uh, Roadrunner and stuff like that. Y- yeah, Roadrunner, um, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck. Foghorn Leghorn, like all all those characters. Okay. Um, yeah. Tom and Jerry was was a different studio, but they they ran in the same, you know, the same um channel, time blocks and stuff. Okay. What bowl of cereal were you sitting on the? Were you sitting on the floor, like in front of the TV, or on the couch? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. There was like across the living room from the TV was a couch. I would sit on the floor, back against the couch. Yeah. It was usually like Fruit Loops or Lucky Charms, you know, Frosted Flakes, something something loaded with sugar. You know oh my god i literally just bought captain crunch yeah like captain week. crunch yeah Heck yeah i'm so ridiculous it's so bad that i still eat cereal but i love it no don't don't feel bad because i mean like you said i got kids and if they see one bowl out of the box of cereal they're lucky oh really i kind of assumed that you wouldn't yeah. eat like sugar cereal aren't you um like a fitness and health guy i, I I am, I am, but well, actually, I'm, I'm doing a lot of uh, sympathy eating now because my wife oh. is pregnant. Oh, well, that's so, good for you. That's <laughs> nice of you. I love that. So I'm doing a lot of, I'm doing, I, I'm doing a lot of that. But also, even, even when I'm trying to stay fit, I'm 45 years old, so I'm not entering any bodybuilding competitions. I kind of just live for like a healthy lifestyle. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny myself life's joys. You know what I mean? So. We go out for ice cream every couple of weeks or once a month, and I'm not going to count my calories like that stringently. That's good to hear. You're like a normal human being then. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> try. Yeah, I like that. I try. not uh, Probably not as much as I should, but I'm, yeah, I'm eating some cereal and vegan ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't deny yourself, you know, those little joys in life. I agree. I agree. It's like the few things that we have in our it's moderation, today. right? Just, yeah. Yeah. Just like everything in life. Everything's okay in moderation. Agreed. Okay. So since we kind of covered 87 a little bit, I wanted to bring something that we didn't talk about already in the Dirty Dancing episode, which is the fashion from mm-hmm. 1987. The 80s fashion was, I mean, I wouldn't say great, just memorable maybe. So for women, it was, so this was, the late 80s, generally speaking, not necessarily just 87. Mini skirts worn with tights, pantyhose, leggings, or slouch socks. Do you remember slouch socks? Sure do. Oversized t-shirts and sweaters and stuff worn over leggings or stirrup pants. That was the worst. Stirrup pants were terrible. I don't know whoever came up with that, but that was bad. Cropped the, jackets. The band that went under your, that went yeah. under your foot. And... and then made it like tight, but they weren't like tight. It was a bad look. Yeah, okay. I don't recall those as much. You but... don't? Do you have a sister? Not those. 
Not an older sister. I have a younger sister. No. Oh, so she wouldn't she's have. She's more that. of a 90s kid than an 80s yeah. kid. Taffeta and poof dresses were big. So I'm picturing like Madonna and Cyndi Lauper-esque. Mm-hmm. The shoes and accessories. So Ked's shoes and Sperry shoes. Brightly colored shoes with thin heels. Narrow multicolored belts. Berets. Lacy gloves. Beaded necklaces. And plastic bracelets. I can remember all of this. What about the uh, shoes then, with the different colored laces, the fluorescent oh, uh, shoelaces? I like I had a pair of like high top LA gear that were yeah, like neon yeah. pink and green. Um, and mm-hmm. then, yeah, the shoelaces. Did you have different colored shoelaces in your shoes, too? I didn't. I didn't. But I, I distinctly remember that being a thing back then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hair. I, I was such a nerd. Wait till well, I, I we'll get to the men's stuff. I can't, yes, I have questions because we're still with women's stuff. Bangs right. with headbands or a ponytail and a scrunchie and side ponytails. So side I'm ponytail. at this time, what am I? Um, five? Six. I'm Eight. six here. I'm mm-hmm. six. So side ponytails. I totally rocked a side ponytail big time. Okay. According to my research for men, those parachute pants were big. Like the mm-hmm. MC Hammer Does... parachute pants. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember yeah. those? I, but nobody really wore those, those styles. No. Did we? The, the, or the... the parachute pants that the guys wore back then were called Zubaz. And they, well, you called it, pronounce it again. Zubaz. Zubaz? We called them Zubaz. Zubaz yeah. But yeah, yes, Zubaz. I remember oh, those yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh... yeah, but they, they were very brightly colored. Um, the most comfortable thing you could, put on your body they felt like pajama pants that you were wearing outside how would you describe how those are i remember them being like um like animal print almost the ones i saw yeah, but were yeah. they not either animal no they they i mean think of back of you know the 80s just like a, a really cluttered um yeah. scene of you know shapes and and swirlies and lightning bolts and stuff or or you could get like a sports team that had the New York Giants logo. Oh, yes. Times down the yes. Pants, you know, just very obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you, you remember Joey Buttafuoco, uh really. Yeah, I do. Into, into the limelight. Yes. And your girl, Alyssa Milano, was in that made for TV movie about them. Right? Oh, Amy Fisher. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. She played Amy Fisher. Yeah. 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 I think we're talking 90s, though. We better back it up a little bit. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Did you, so, did you have mm-hmm. Zubas? Yeah, I, I had, like, one pair that had Giants okay. logos all over them. But, I mean, you know, my family didn't care to, to splurge on things just because they were hot in fashion. Trendy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have a mullet? Apparently mullets were were a thing in the late 80s. Sad to say. It wasn't like one of the really long in the back ones, but it was like, actually, it kind of resembles more like the mullet setter in style now that was just like really bushy in the back, but everything else was short. Okay. So it wasn't like down past my shoulders or anything. Yeah. I had like a mini mullet. Okay. Is your hair curly or was it like curly or? Yeah, it would, it would get curly. The longer it got, the curlier it got. Okay. Oh my God. That's a look that. I just, even then, I don't like it. I don't like a mullet. Because, no. like, Patrick Swayze and Kurt Russell rocked, like, mini mullets in the late 80s. Yep. And I, I don't not, I don't love it. 
No, I never did. I always thought it looked stupid. So the other, so it was either, apparently for men, it was either a mullet or like very neatly groomed, super short hair or like, um, like kind of side swept bangs for boys and men. Mm -hmm. And for both men and women, Aquanet hairspray. Do you remember the, uh, did you ever use hairspray? Maybe you didn't, but apparently like. This is no. the like hairband era. So like Aquanet became like a huge thing apparently in the late eighties. I, I also, my mom, she, she was big on getting perms back in the day. Mm-hmm. So she would go through cans that I distinctly remember the giant can of Aquanet sitting on the kitchen counter. The thing was as tall as me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's not so not bad, kitchen, the bathroom dude. counter. The bathroom yeah, counter, yeah. Yeah. I knew what you meant. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that's why we got all those damn holes in the ozone. It's yeah. Because well, the That 80s. was a big thing too. The 80s. Whatever happened to the ozone layer? We don't hear about that anymore. <laughs> I know. I yeah. Know. <laughs> did you go to a public school? Like, was fashion a thing? Like, did you dress? Did you try and, like, dress cool? I tried. I tried. And the the closest I came, all right, my, my regular everyday outfits, I don't know if you remember this brand. They sold it at, like, Haymart. It was called Ocean Pacific. OP? Yeah, I do. OP. Yeah. 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 So my wardrobe consisted of a lot of OP stuff. You know, okay. I mean, shirts that had like a big fluorescent logo on the front, shorts that were, you know, very busy with magenta stripes, you know, going through it and stuff, things like that. Um, the uh, the the socks with the three stripe, three stripe socks pulled all the way up to my knees. Oh, I love those. Yeah. Glasses with lenses as big as my head. Oh, are you yeah. blind or ju- not yeah. thick, just big? Yeah. Yeah. Like just big, like wide looking, okay. uh, you know, um, just because that's what we wore back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but one day I was able to, I don't know if it was a Christmas gift or, or whatever, but I was able to convince my parents to get me a pair of Z Cavaricci pants. Do you remember those? Yes. And I, that, that was like the epitome of like, I don't know, designerness of the yeah, ends, right? Z calves. Yes. Yeah. Guest for had girls. one pair. Yeah. yeah. They were black and they had the thing that was famous about them is they had the white Z Cavaricci logo that went down the, the front of the fly. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, and I rocked the shit out of my Z calves in uh eighth grade. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> oh god. Designer jeans. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. That's also in the nineties, but Oh, okay. Shall we move on to music, the top 10 billboards? We have George Michael with Faith as the number one song. Loved, mm-hmm. I loved George Michael and his videos. White Snakes, Is This Love, also good videos. Actually, no. Was that the one with Tawny Katane or is it a different White Snake video? The one with Tony yeah. Katane was Here I Go Again. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I know. Um, yeah, yeah, that is. I mean, they still play it today on the radio. Mm-hmm. What did you say it was? What is love? This is love. Is this love? Is this love? Is this love? Is this? Yeah, I was. I, I'm not. I can't sing. Um, so, but yeah. You can picture, I'm sure <laughs> no, I, I can. <laughs> yeah, I can hear it in my head. I'm familiar with the song. Just, I mean, obviously, it's not their most famous one. Here I go again. It's and, not. I really do like White Snake. They're kind of, they never come like top of mind when you're talking about hair bands or mm-hmm. for me anyway but i white snake's pretty good i like them whitney houston's so emotional is number three 
Debbie Gibson's Shake Your Love is number four. I vividly remember Debbie Gibson being huge in the 80s, uh, like Britney Spears of the time, probably. Um, well, she was got, one of the other ones. You mentioned Madonna with the, the lace um, tutu-style dresses. Debbie Gibson yeah. was another one. She wore like, yeah. the gloves, the black uh, mesh true. gloves on her hands. Yeah, that's true. Her and Tiffany, I Tiffany. somehow I always like put those two together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Five is Got My Mind Set on You by George Harrison. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I don't know, did all of the Beatles go on to have like a solo career? I don't, I've never been a big Beatles follower, so I'm not super familiar. Yeah. Well, obviously, Paul McCartney is still to this day rocking and rolling. Um, he, after the Beatles, he went on and played with Wings. Oh, that's right. Um, and, uh, well, John Lennon obviously had his little solo thing before he, he died. And then mm-hmm. um, George Harrison did his thing in the 80s. I got my mind set on you. It was a monster. I remember that song. I remember that. It's good. You don't remember the video, do you? The music video? No, I don't, rem- I don't remember the video, but I can sing the song. What was the video? It had, it had the video was, he was sitting in a room, um, like on a, a recliner kind of chair. And um, like, there was a, all these mounted um, animals on the walls, like uh, taxidermied animals, mm-hmm. and they're singing. All the shit in the room is moving to the music and stuff. It's pretty wild Interesting. video. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, Ringo Starr is the only one that really didn't have. Yeah, too much of I was just thinking that. After. Huh. Okay. Well, hmm. do you remember Jody Watley? She had "Don't You Want Me." I, I remember other songs, but "Don't You Want Me" is number six. Okay. And then Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle. I remember that also oh, yeah. being really big, big song. Mm-hmm. Catch Me, I'm Falling from the Hiding Out movie, Pretty Poison. I am super not familiar. That doesn't ring a bell at all. Yeah. I'm trying. To- and then Steve Winwood had the number nine song with Valerie. And Sting had number 10 with We'll Be Together. Yeah, yeah. All right, so maybe it's a better year for movies than music. Yeah. Well, also, I will say that this is from, when I do the top billboards, it's from this specific week. So they change quite oh, a bit. Yeah, so this was you. literally from the week of December 16th, 1987. All right. Were you a hairband guy? What music were you listening to? I know you were nine, but. Yeah, I was just trying to think when you were going through the um, the list and. I, did, I don't think I really found my my uh, musical interest until I was a little bit later on. So at this point, I probably listened to most of what my parents listened to. Okay. And um, uh, so I, you said George Harrison. I remember that song being played cr- like crazy because my dad loved it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and being that this is also the Dirty Dancing year, my mom outplayed that the – well – yeah, the um, just the, specifically the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. She must have wore it's, that tape clear. She played it so much. We talked about it in the Dirty Dancing episode, but like that soundtrack, I think is maybe the best soundtrack ever. I, yeah. It's really good. Did you like it or not? I actually, I just did too. I, and I get nostalgic when I hear Hungry Eyes or, yeah. you know, I had the time but, of my life or something like that. That's true. Those are the contemporary ones. But the vast majority of the songs on that soundtrack were like 60s, which I kind of yeah. dig that era. Yeah. Well, my 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 dad was famous for making um, mixtapes of all like 50s and 60s 
uh, mainly 60s music. So I, I listened to a lot of that back then in the 80s, too. Okay. You know, so we have a few news and events from December before we get into the movie and some movie releases. One is the U.S. President Ronald Reagan and the Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev sign a treaty eliminating medium-range nuclear missiles. Very specifically, medium range. So I'm not sure what that means. Like long and short are still cool. It's just not medium. Right. But um, the 80s, Mikhail Gorbachev. I remember hearing a lot about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, the, then, the big goof on him was he was a bald guy and he had this big raspberry birthmark on yes. his forehead. Yeah. So that was like the big joke. Like he had a jelly stain, you know, or wine stain or something. Yep. No internet, but he was on the news a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh I don't recall this person, but Lynette, aka Squeaky from serving a life sentence for attempted assassination of President Gerald Ford, escapes hmm. from Alderson Prison. And then she was recaptured two days later. I was completely unfamiliar with this. Apparently she was a Charles Manson devotee. Do you remember this uh, at all? Uh no. The the name the name is somewhat familiar, but I don't remember um president ford uh like an attempted assassination on him me neither uh, yeah especially in our lifetime you know yeah. i mean assassinations were big like you know back in the 60s right but yeah not in our I, think, lifetime. Well, did, I don't know uh reagan got or somebody he got shot, shot at yeah he got yeah okay and i think that was 1980 so okay so i guess maybe before you were born but i was i was a youngin so maybe this happened. So she, this Lynette Squeaky Fromm was in jail. So whenever mm -hmm. president, so whenever she tried to assassinate President Ford, oh, okay. must have maybe been in the, I don't know, seventies or whenever. Yeah, yeah. Then she, that that was her so, escape. It was in eighty seven. Right. Yeah. In uh, December of eighty seven, she escaped a prison. Okay. And then she was recaptured. But yeah, that's crazy town. So that yeah, happened. but being you know, her being a Manson family member makes sense. Mm -hmm. He got some yeah. people to do some crazy shit in his name. Indeed. Super crazy. Uh, <laughs> so in December, so there was, as we talked about, there being like a ton of movie releases in 87, specifically the month mm -hmm. that Overboard was released. There was also some big releases. Um, Three Men and a Baby mm -hmm. was one. Throw Mama from the Train, which I actually have not seen. Are you familiar mm -hmm. with that one? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't not in 1987, but I've come to appreciate it later on in my Danny life. Is that Danny DeVito? It, Who's in that? Yeah, Danny DeVito, Billy Crystal. Okay, I'll have to and check and that the, out. Uh, the the Mama Fratelli from the Goonies. Oh, okay. She's Mama. She's Mama. In oh, Throw Mama from the train. It's a really really funny movie. It, it's kind of like a dark comedy. You know what okay. I mean? It's yeah. It's not that in your face humor, but it's really funny. I do dig Danny DeVito. So yeah, I'll have he to is check that awesome. Out. He is yeah. amazing. He is. Do you watch It's Always Sunny or did you in Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I um I think I I missed the last few seasons, but Me I was too. keeping up with it. Yeah, it would. I think the early seasons are better anyway. Mm -hmm. That's a that like very unique for show? all shows. <laughs> yeah. Well, you sometimes it takes them like a season to catch their footing, but then like the mid season, mm -hmm. early to mid seasons are good. a ton of people love Eddie Murphy's Raw. And that's like known to be, it's not my favorite 
of like stand up, but that came out in December mm-hmm. of 87. Is that the one where he has the red leather outfit? That's what I'm like picturing. His two big ones are Raw and Delirious, and I always get them mixed up. I okay. want to say he was wearing the red in Raw. Okay. Um, but I'm not 100% positive on that. But the th- the funny thing about about stand-up specials back in the day, this was in movie theaters. This was yeah. released in theaters. I didn't Nowadays, realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never you don't never see stand-up specials released in movies. Now you, you know, they're on Amazon Prime or Netflix or Netflix. Something. Well, they must have come out now. It seems like there's a, a stand-up special every couple weeks. And yeah. if it was like big enough to be produced and in movie theaters, like I'm I'm picturing that they didn't happen all as often. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I could be wrong. But yeah, Raw yeah. was huge apparently. Raw was his second one. Um, Delirious was first. I think he was it the Delirious came out in eighty four or eighty five, maybe. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, and then Raw came out in and, and yeah, Raw came out in eighty seven. He was only twenty six, I think, when when Delir- when Raw came out, which would have made him twenty two when he released his first special. Dang. This is crazy, right? That is crazy. Wow. Okay. Also, December eighty seven was planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, Fantastic. Indeed. Wall Street, Fatal Attraction, and the re-release of Cinderella. And I have that Disney puppy case VHS. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked Cinderella. So those yeah, were some of the they, movies. They would release those Disney movies, you know, for like a limited time. Have everybody mm-hmm. rush out to get them, and then they would close the Disney vault, as they would say, and you wouldn't see it again for years. It's like marketing 101, man. Yeah. Scarcity. Yeah. 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 yeah right. It works. They, they knew what they were doing. They did. Um, can, can I bring up a news story that was really on my radar back in 1987? Yes. I don't know if you remember this, and I don't know why it was on my radar at nine years old. In um, Texas, there was a little girl. She was dubbed Baby Jessica. Oh, my Do you remember God. this? The girl in the well. Yeah, yeah. You remember this? Yes, because they did a like a whole oh my god like t- made for TV movie about it. It was like everywhere. I don't. That must not have been in December, but I don't. So in eighty seven, how do you remember yeah. what years things were? Because I was, you know, after you asked me to come on, I did a little research just as uh, the okay. year as a whole, um, nineteen eighty seven, okay. and this this was one of the first like big news stories. Oh my God, like I haven't thought about this in years, but I was at the time, this was like a a two and a half day ordeal. This girl was 18 month old girl was stuck in a well, not, not like a, like a wishing well. It was like a a well, it was like 18 inches long uh, or wide. Like a a pipe almost seems like like. a pipe. Yeah. 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 So she fell in, she was like 20 feet down and it took them two and a half days to dig her out. And if, you know, they pulled her out and she was alive, but. I was in at nine years old. I was in on, on the, all the news stories surrounding this. And it's, Me it's too. crazy that it's crazy. It, it young, happened in like Texas. Even younger. It must've been, I mean, there wasn't as much noise in like the news stratosphere, news I guess. Cycle, but, yeah, yeah. But I remember that being huge. And like I said, they made a made for TV movie. I, and I, I think yeah. I've seen that like multiple times. Yeah. Baby it's Jessica in the well. And there I wonder was how many. Uh, I was just wondering how many of the the listeners actually remember that too. I please yes, P- 
please let me know. I have a feeling a lot of people, I don't know if there was another Wells story, but I feel like I've seen in pop culture since, like people referencing the 80s, uh, sort of like Mm -hmm. poking fun at how many kids fell in Wells, like that that was like a big danger of kids, or maybe it was just this one story. There was there was a Simpsons episode where Bart was playing a prank on the the town where he he put a radio down like a walkie-talkie down in a well and he was talking from like a distance away like as if he was a kid stuck in a well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was like a thing on on everybody's radar like stay away from wells might fall in, yeah. yeah. It was like quicksand. Yeah. Oh my god, yes, quicksand is another <laughs> thing that was like why or was that rain. such a Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! That and the Aquanet with the uh, ozone layer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, razor blades Dooming in your Halloween candy. Yes. Let's see. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God! A lot of urban legend, doom and gloom stuff. That's <laughs> so true. Oh my God! Yeah, good call for bringing up the Wells story. I love that. Before we get into the nitty gritty of Overboard, I wanted to ask you a few questions about. Our ultimate everyman, Kurt Russell, who's starring in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, do you have any thoughts or fandom that you wanted to share, just generally speaking, about Kurt? You know, I don't have a, a huge background with Kurt. I know okay. Ryan Ryan loves him. He's like mm-hmm. Ryan's favorite actor outside of Sylvester Stallone. But I've seen I've seen a lot of his stuff. I've seen this, um, and maybe not a lot of his stuff. Maybe, maybe probably this and um, Tango and Cash were... The, the things I've seen mostly of his when I was a kid. And I don't really think I appreciated him as much as an actor until like mm-hmm. later on, you know, when mm-hmm. I realized that that dude can, he can act his way out of, out of anything. He's great. He's so charming. Yeah. Well, and, he's got those uh, piercing blue eyes. I'm he sure does. he does. Yeah. And he's got like the way his smile. Yeah. He's, he's a charmer. But what about Patrick Swayze, who is our other ultimate everyman for season one? Mm-hmm. Were you a fan of his or not? Neither of these were like big on your radar as a kid. I wouldn't say I, I didn't seek any of them out, but I okay. watched movies with them in it. Same with Patrick Swayze, you know, Dirty Dancing. I told you my mom was a big Dirty Dancing fan. So mm-hmm. I've seen that movie a ton. Um, Ghost, Ghost was the mm-hmm. 90s. Was it the 90s? It was. Um, yes. Early 90s. Point Break saw that mm-hmm. a ton as a kid just because i love the movie not specifically because of swayze but you know i've seen their stuff today actually the day that we are recording this so we will be in the future by the time this comes out but today is actually patrick swayze's birthday had he not passed away he would have been 71 today happy birthday patrick yes and kurt is so they are about the same age when i started this i sort of thought So my next question is going to be about if you think they look similar or not, because I clearly do. And I ask everyone that. Um, But they're about the same age, too. Kurt's only a year older. So Mm -hmm. do you think they look alike, Doug? Um, I can see where you think that. Okay, (laughs) And I get I get why you you made this season. Kurt Russell, Patrick Swayze one. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. Um, And I see the similarities. But, you know, I I wouldn't I don't think. as far as like behavior wise, like their mannerisms or anything is that similar, you know, I think no. they're, they're completely their own men. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, they share similarities. Like I said, I get why you, you pin them up against one another this season. Mm-hmm. Okay. But okay. you know, 
Yeah. I'll say they, they can pass as, as uh, brothers. I very much think they should All play right. brothers. Or they should. Yeah, like, that would have been awesome if we would have gotten yeah. them in a, in a movie together playing brothers. But we didn't. Okay. Alas. Uh, I know. Okay. God, I, I'm, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. The girl, the Golden Girls girls agreed with me. Yeah. yeah. But it's a girl thing. Maybe you see something that we as men don't. I full on think that, that women, just when I'm out and about with friends or my family, like sisters, they're like, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I think it's, okay. it is a women thing. Yeah. You'll have to ask your wife if she thinks they look alike or not. Fair enough. Yes. I'll report back. Yes, please do. So was Overboard part of your childhood viewing experience? Or do you remember first seeing it or any memories specifically about Overboard? Well, let me start off by saying my childhood viewing really didn't get too far past Star Wars. Oh, really? Occasional <laughs> Rocky movie. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. This, this time okay. I was, I was Rocky Four was huge in my rotation, but I was oh, a yeah. huge oh, Star yeah. Wars nerd, so. Okay. Um, but as far as like, yeah, I, no, I, I watched other stuff too, but um, Overboard was one of those, um, you know, we didn't own it on video, um, you know, video cassette for your uh, younger listeners who mm-hmm. don't know what we're talking about. The good old VHS. Uh, but it was, yeah, yeah, exactly. VCR. Uh, but it was something that, you know, was on, I remember being on HBO or Showtime, one of those premium channels a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know. That was something that you turned on and just like left on in the background. So I've, I've seen it. Maybe this watching it for this might've been the first time I watched it all the way through. I've seen every part of it just in bits and pieces. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Without further ado, let's get into the movie. It was released December 16th, 1987. It was PG and I want to make note of that because there are some bits in this just ju- like I'm like wow that was really pushing the envelope for pg don't you think mm-hmm. yes yeah, some, yeah. some i mean pg then wasn't what pg is now that's true you know what i mean the pg-13 rating came into popularity in like 84 with temple of doom and the, and the gremlins i want to say okay and, but, but even then like i mean the, the stuff that you see in this back then, I don't think warranted PG 13. That was more for like swearing know, and stuff. Like, uh, yeah. Like, like horror kind of, okay. kind of elements like in temple of doom, like the, you know, Indy rips the guy's heart out of it or mm. the bad guy rips the guy's heart, the other guy's heart out of his chest. You know what I mean? And gremlins killing people and getting chopped up in blenders and stuff. So I think it was more for like the visual aspect like violence and stuff yeah i guess yeah, like so- it's uh, there's adult themes and in my viewings of overboard as a kid i watched it a lot it's like i said it's my this is my favorite kurt russell movie but i feel like i mostly saw it on like an edited version like edited for tv mm-hmm. version so i did take note yesterday when i watched it it might be the one of the only times that i saw the unedited version and mm-hmm. there's a scene after they get together, like they're in bed together and the kids come in. Kurt and Goldie are in bed together and the kids come in. And the oldest child, Travis, says something like, she doesn't have much for tits, but she's got a great ass. Oh, I never yeah. caught that before. And I'm like, that's 
fucking weird. I don't know. It was like an awkward. Uh, yeah. That and like one of the little kids says like, oh, don't knock her up. There are just some things that I'm like, oh, that's only peachy, huh? Um, yeah. Some some adult themes. Uh, yeah. And just yeah, generally that was like mild, man. Kidnapping a human Her- being, basically, you know. The yeah, whole yeah, of the movie. yeah. We can't. You can't go and look at this movie through a, a lens of 2023. You just can't. No, no but I'm just. It's like, horrible. Oh, oh, that yeah, for sure. Yeah, I actually have a note old. about that later, but yeah, all yeah. Right. So anyway, I don't know why I was like, "Wow, peachy." Okay. Yeah. Um, it has a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. I kind of thought it would have been higher. I mean, that's pretty good, but. I didn't think it, it got like very good from what I read. Like it, it was pretty much a flop. Was box? Or, or yeah, not? that's a good point. Box office wise, I it, I think it made its money back and then a little. Actually, yeah, barely. It grossed yeah. twenty six point seven million on a twenty two million budget, so it like just barely mm-hmm. made its money back. But I think since like it's attained like cult status, so mm-hmm. like a lot of movies do. Like later, it's gotten a bigger following. Uh, and they did remake it, which I never saw because I'm not a big fan of remakes. Did you see the remake in 2015? Um, I started to watch it and then I didn't make it 10 minutes. And oh, I you... said, this is just trash. Really? Okay. Yeah, I will not watch yeah. it. Yeah, no. It, it's the gender swap too. And yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big no, fan thanks. of that gal that stars in Ferris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's not my favorite. So I don't think I recognized or knew this in my earlier viewings of Overboard, but the director is Gary Marshall, who's kind of a big deal. Like his career in the 60s, he wrote for The Lucy Show, Dick Van Dyke, and then he Mm -hmm. developed The Odd Couple in the Mm -hmm. 70s, uh, gained fame for Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy, like all of those kind of shows. And I don't think I realized that. And then in addition for being known for directing overboard he also directed beaches pretty woman which i didn't realize runaway bride uh, and then like those newer ensemble films like valentine's day and new year's oh. eve like those so he was still directing because i know he died like i the last years ago, maybe. yeah oh actually well, maybe he did Hang mother's on. day in 2016 and i think he probably passed shortly after that Surely. yeah well his his daughter is penny marshall right his sister is penny marshall his oh sister yeah yeah all right and she's laverne from laverne and shirley yeah and, yeah oh um, yeah yeah that's right she went on to have her own directing career like she directed a league of their own she's yeah she's kind of a big deal too yeah famous family mm-hmm. she's yeah. done a lot of stuff yeah so gary marshall he uh, was nominated because of all that TV work that he did, like in the 60s and 70s, nominated right. for five Emmys as well. Yeah, that's why I, th- I thought he died earlier because I thought he was her father, not brother. Yeah, they're siblings. But that makes, yeah, yeah. makes more sense. Mm-hmm. The writer is Leslie Dixon, which I wasn't familiar with, but she also wrote Mrs. Doubtfire, Loverboy, and Freaky Friday. And then we have, obviously, we have our Kurt Russell as Dean Prophet, Goldie Hawn as Joanna, Edward Herman, who plays Grant Staten III. And you guys will recognize him from uh, the 
1982 Annie movie. Did you ever see that, Doug? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I Who's loved that movie. He's FDR. The... Oh, sorry. Did I not? Yeah, he oh, plays that's FDR. Right. He plays FDR in the Annie movie from 1982. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I loved that. Good, very good movie. Yeah. Um, I remember him more as the uh, mom's boyfriend in The Lost Boys. Oh, it's been a while yeah. since I've seen he that. He was I like, don't remember. he was turned out to be the head vampire. Spoiler alert. Oh, oh I need to rewatch that. It's been a long time. Okay. Good call. That's, that, that, yeah, that, that's a good one. That's. Yeah. Catherine Helmond plays Joanna's mother. And you all will know her as uh, playing Mona on Who's the Boss. I really like her. And then Mike Haggerty plays Billy, Dean's friend. Did you recognize him from anything? The friend, Billy? Uh, Were you a, did yeah, you ever watch uh, the Oh, yeah, friends? yes, friends. Friends. Yes. He was the, uh, the, the super, yes. the superintendent Mr. of the Trigger. building. The he Trigger, literally yeah. looks the same. Like he, it's yeah, like he, he does. Didn't age. Yeah, he looks the same. But Mr. I Trigger. Love, I love, I love the, uh, when, when uh, Joey teaches him ballroom dancing. That was the best. He, yes. Yeah. That was yeah, the he, best Trigger episode. <laughs> I love it. You want to go with my friend Marge? She's about your same sex. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, friends. Uh, and then <laughs> lastly, we have Roddy McDowell playing Andrew, kind of the, I don't know, is he like the butler or, you know, what yeah. role he is? But he was also an executive producer on this movie. When I saw his name, Roddy McDowell, pop up, I thought, and I know the difference, but I thought they were referencing Malcolm McDowell, who played the main character in Clockwork Orange. Mm -hmm. So when I was doing my research for the film, I was like that. I I noticed that that was a common mistake that everybody made. Roddy and Malcolm it McDowell. Not, they're not even and, related. No. And aren't they both British? So that probably adds yes. to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, the whole movie, I was looking at Malcolm McDowell. I was like, what the hell is this guy? Now, Roddy, uh, the only thing I think of is Rowdy Roddy Piper from mm -hmm. like rest, like WWF. I've never oh, yeah. really heard yeah. that name otherwise. I did note the music for this movie. Like I, I loved the music in this movie. And Alan Silvestri is the person who did the music. And he is a two-time Academy Award and Golden Globe Award nominee. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Alan Silvestri or not, but he's. Yes. Uh, the he, Robert Zemeckis, uh, he worked. Yes, with him a lot. He, he, yeah, yeah, he was a big. He was the Zemeckis guy. He did mm -hmm. uh, the Polar Express, um, Forrest Gump. Yeah, which I mean, the composing on that is is incredible. Yes, did that's, he? What? Yeah, another great soundtrack. He did the Back to the Future. So they did Back to the I was Future together too. Yeah. Those movies. Yeah, yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. And I think because Seiko and I talked about um, Romancing the Stone, so I want to mm -hmm. say. Either that, I don't know if it was both, but either Romancing the Stone or Jewel of the Nile. I don't know if it was both movies or just one of them. They also teamed up. Uh, what year was that? Eight, 80s, right? Either like 84 and 86 or something like that. His his IMDb goes back so far to so many. He did Romancing yeah. the Stone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Back to the Future. Flight of the Navigator. Do you remember that? that oh, well, we had it taped. We had it taped like from TV. So yeah. Yeah. Do, that was like, yeah. yeah. It was like a he Disney. He did Predator. Oh. Did, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Flight of Navigator was a Disney, like the, with the live Sunday action. Sunday night movie. 
Yeah. Remember yeah. those? Like the Sunday night loved movies. I love Yes. That. Yeah. Yeah. Predator, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah. 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 He did some monsters. The Abyss, all the Back to the Futures. Man. Big credits. All right. Yeah. yeah. Father of the Bride. Scott, we could go on and on. Stop or my I mom know. will shoot. Jeez. Oh, that's right. Oh, well, it's not like your favorite movie of all time, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just wonderful. The best. Well, for listeners who have not seen Overboard in a minute or two, we have Joanna Staten hires a country carpenter, Dean Prophet, to build a closet on her yacht. When they don't see eye to eye, he is left unpaid while she sets sail. The following day, she is fished out of the sea after falling overboard. Suffering from amnesia, Dean sees a neat way, neat way to regain the money she owes him. He tells her that she's his wife. That way, he gets a free housekeeper and mother for his four sons. What did you think about <laughs> Overboard? Oh, man. I, I love how um, when she's, you know, has amnesia in the hospital, the only way they verify that he's her husband is by him identifying the birthmark on her butt because he saw her wearing a thong uh, bathing suit. So he saw her birthmark. Zero was, um, burden of proof. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Crazy. No wedding license. No, you know, nothing. nothing. Just like well, she's like a total bitch too. So they're like, yeah, that's good enough for me. Yeah. yeah. Kidnap this woman. Uh, but this was a theme, I think, in 87, because we also have Over the Top, another fantastic 80s movie in the same year mm. where oh. Lincoln, Lincoln Hawk or Hawk. <laughs> um, in order to again, kidnap a child, he, like, the his burden of proof is a wedding photo to prove who he yeah. is. That's it. I know. A birth certificate or, or just anything, anything. Anything other than a wedding photo. Of him wedding and, photo or knowledge yeah. of a birthmark. This this passes yeah. for proof. Yep. Good call. I found myself chuckling quite a bit in this rewatch. Like, I can't even think of something specific. There's lots of, like, little touches that made me laugh throughout the movie. I don't know if you felt the same way. Yeah. You know, it, it was, it takes a lot to get me to actually laugh out loud when I'm watching a movie, you know what I mean? Okay. So, but like overall, you know, I, it's a funny movie. Like there are funny, um, it was funny in the way that like Mr. Mom is funny to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not like out loud ha ha moments, but, like just the the situations, the scenarios, and everything. Like, yes, it is it is a funny and entertaining movie. Okay, I'll take it. I don't know I how, did... how else to really, you know, yeah. describe it. Yeah, it yeah, it's not like I see your point. I just there were just little things that I'm like, oh, good call. That was smart of the writers or mm -hmm. the delivery yeah, yeah. of like um, like the Joanna's trying to name the kids, like when she's introduced to the mm -hmm. boys. And yeah. Dean is like, okay, you're firstborn. You've got to know him. And she's like, Roy. And the kid's name is Travis. <laughs> and then, yeah. then later they're, I don't know, they did something like, oh, who did this? Who made this mess? And they're like, it wasn't me, dad. It was Roy. Yeah. Little things <laughs> like that. I'm like, good little callback. Things yes. Like that and like, that's a great example of one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. So we were talking about Alan Silvestri and the music. I really... Probably not when I was little, but rewatching it the other day, I very much took note of the music and like how 
<laughs> effective using those musical cues in this movie where it was, especially mm -hmm. that opening scene where we're introduced to this world, cutting back and forth between the local Oregonian and the yacht and how they use like that, like hillbilly country, banjo-y, fiddly music cut back and forth great... with like the yeah. hoity music of yes. the yacht. Yeah. That was a great piece of music. And yeah, right off the bat, they hit you with that. It was like a banjo, like a really fast playing banjo. You said kind of intercut with a, like a classical, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. Yeah, like the great refined of nature of the yacht cut cut with like, because they keep like kind of making fun of Dean and this, this area is like, oh, the mountain man or a country person, you know, kind of make fun of it. They, um, they didn't say... He he says a few times that he's new to the area, so mm -hmm. that's established. But they didn't say where he came from, right? They didn't. You know, it, it looked like he lived on in like a like a dump part of town. Mm -hmm. So he yeah. he was he a hillbilly. I don't know why. Like yeah. I, I just thought he came from like the deep south or something. I don't know either. Unless he, I sort of maybe assumed it was just somewhere else, some other town in that in, in Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Oh, okay. East Coasters do say Oregon, don't they? Do you do you say oh, Oregon? I yeah, I just I just did it, didn't I? I find um, like regional ways of speaking interesting. I listen to a podcast where the girls are from Boston, and they also say Oregon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know which guilty one is as right. charged. No, I don't know I don't which one is right, but yeah, you're you're probably right. You're closer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. I was caught in this world. I thought they did a really good job of like introducing us to this world quickly. Like it was, it didn't take a long time. Mm -hmm. And then we're introduced to Joanna and I had forgotten. Wow. I mean, we we're we're shown what type of person she is right away. Like she's super bitchy and snotty, but she is dressed like, Rich person loungewear is, I mean, her hair was done up perfectly and her, mm -hmm. you know, she was just so fancy, but it was like yacht loungewear. And yeah. even her slippers yeah. are high heels, you know? Yes. <laughs> right. It was like, oh, and then that, I always, that Cruella Deville S like long mm -hmm. cigarette holder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, when I was a kid, I literally thought that was so cool. I wanted one of those. That's what I call class, which is a Rocky two. Yeah, that's a status. There. Yeah, it's what I call class. Yeah, the watch. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's definitely a status symbol. The the long cigarette holder. That's that so prevents like... you from getting the the yellow fingernails from the nicotine on the. Oh, is that know, what it cigarettes. does? I think so. I didn't even yeah. think of the I reason know. why. I just thought it was like a rich person thing to do. That's okay. That could be it too. I, I yeah. Well, I it it you're yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um. And uh, the Zach Morris style phone, we get. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved that. Oh, I like a blast from the past like that. It's funny that that, that style phone is always um, connected to Zach Morris. It is. It's literally. I don't know why. what it's called. No, I don't know what it's called. Actually, <laughs> the but... Zach Morris phone. Yeah. <laughs> the Zach Morris phone. That, um, but, but you say Zach Morris phone, everybody knows immediately yeah, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's the best description. But yeah. Like she says, there's two quotes that I wrote down because I was like, holy, wow, did people talk to people like this? Like she says, 
to Andrew or whoever is who brought her caviar, mm -hmm. I almost had to oh. wait like that line. Yeah. And I doubt he's even housebroken when referring to Dean, like he can overhear them. Oh, but yeah. like, I was just like the audacity of like, wow, I, I had forgotten what a snotty hoity bitch yeah. she was. I, I would like to say that they overplayed her, her bitchiness and her hoidiness, but no, man, I'm sure there are, even to this day, there are probably people that snotty out there. Yeah, that's true. People are the worst. You um, really are. That's why you <laughs> stick to animals, right? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Every, everyone who knows me, I'm like, not a fan of people generally. <laughs> what did you think of the price tag for this new closet remodel? 600 bucks. Yeah, I was thinking about like what it would, you know, I mean, home improvement is once you own a home, you never stop thinking about it and what it would cost to like remodel a walk-in closet like that and a $600, like a job like that now would be 10 grand. Oh, yeah. $8,000, $10,000. And she's super rich. So it's like you just that you probably have that like stuck in your bra. Just, you know, I know. You're right. You can. Right, you could pay him the $600 to make him go away and never have to deal with him again. And then the way that he calculates her, like, working off that $600 is that <laughs> her slave labor is worth $25 a day. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so um, that's less than minimum, far less than minimum wage. 25 bucks a day to make up that 600 bucks to that. And he was like, yeah, I, I imagine she'll be here for about mm -hmm. a month. Yeah. Yeah. Six hundred dollars for a month, month's work. Who, who can live now, on that? Would you leave your four kids home alone while you're out working all day? I mean, desperate times, right? I know. The older, the oldest kid was thirteen. That so is my true. son is, it, is thirteen. I leave them in home the alone. It's in the eighties too. Yeah, it's just that there's oh, four yeah. of them, and like the youngest, I don't know how old the oldest one was, or youngest well, one. Well, here's. But. Here's the difference. Not not that my kids are angels, but I would leave my my two sons home at, at 13 and 11 alone. But if I had his kids, yeah, I, I would expect to come home to a house in a pile of ashes, you know. And that is kind of what happens. Yeah. Also, the <laughs> yeah. 80s, like I stayed home by my, yeah, like totally it was a different time in the 80s, but it was just four kids is a lot. But yes, the older one was 13. So I just. Yeah, but then he's in charge of the other ones and. I mean, They're maybe the terrors. twins are responsible, but that, that, that little kid, Joey, he's Herman a terror kid. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I took note of the dogs, obviously, because I'm a big dog person, a couple things. Mm -hmm. So when he takes her quote unquote home, uh, it's kind of a famous line where we're cut to them riding home in his pickup truck where his two dogs are sitting like shotgun inside the mm -hmm. cab while she rides home in the truck bed. That was awesome. That's great. And then she, this was a quoted line. I don't know. Maybe it was just me and my family and friends, but I just ate a bug. We said that all the time. Like she swallows a bug in the way she says <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. I loved that. And then I never noticed. So one of the dogs is a coon hound, which I love. I have bloodhounds. So I'm, I'm like, oh, I love that. But he has a cast. Did you notice that the yeah. dog at the beginning of the movie has a cast on? I did notice that. And then the next scene he's in, it's off. There was a scene where we're shown like the kids like unwrapping it, like it kind of looked more like a wrap. 
but mm. initially it okay. was a cast and then yeah and then later he doesn't have it so um i don't know if like the dog they book for the movie like i don't know what the deal was with that but yeah the dog has a cast in the beginning part of the it, movie it fit the scene well though mm-hmm. it does we get a montage here of her what did you oh, think about the, uh, the her trying to be domestic the house cleaning mm-hmm. yeah yeah when nothing's going right you gotta, yeah, I mean, it's an 80s movie. You have to have a montage. A montage, I music. know. Yeah, yeah. I did oh, get I mean, a kick I, out of that. It's, yeah, yeah. I love montages. People think it's a campy, like, stupid, cheap way of doing it. I love a montage, and they did this one well. It's very effective to get, like, over time showing something, like, without taking forever in movie time. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. liked the montage. And I'm not a super domestic person either, so I... I found it hilarious to watch this woman who has never had to do anything for herself in her whole life. And now she's like attempting to cook a chicken and do laundry and stuff. She gave me a little anxiety when she has the whole chicken and she's trying to jam it into the pot. Like if somebody handed me a chicken like that, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Me neither. Oh, well, I mean, obviously. The feet were still on. It's just a whole chicken. Yeah. Like it's. With the feet and the head and everything. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And then she so like throws the whole chicken in a pot with like, mm-hmm. here's a potato and a carrot. And yeah. Just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I always found that funny. And I know they were playing up the whole, um, you know, him getting revenge on her for being a bitch. But his, let me see, when she, when she asked for help or whatever, he says, uh, honey, I hunt it, you cook it, which, oh, get it in a, revenge story like this might fly but that was one of those things that made me go today that you know i'm glad that you pointed that that out and not me because there was a few times that i'm like dude you're being a dick but yeah it's hard to because i i do find kurt kurt very charming but um yeah that was another one you'll you'll like this too is when he goes out with his friends and she says when you're coming home he says whenever i feel like it it depends on how drunk i get yes like so. you don't tell like I'm not accountable to anything. I do what I yeah, and yeah. I I'll get, so home too when stuck I get home. To st- yeah. Yeah. Like, Jesus. Those two stuck out. Mm. Agreed. I'm glad that you I'm glad that they stuck out to you as well. So I was like, yeah. yeah. And look, I'm the farthest thing from woke, you know what I mean? I'm I don't that's not part of my culture, but if something is appropriate, I kind of, you know, it kind of raises my eyebrows a little bit. As it should. <laughs> As it should. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. But like we said, it was the 80s. And yes, he's like, who, who are you? I'm like, he literally kidnapped her to be a, a housekeeper and mother to his kids. Yeah. But yeah. but then, of course, that's what we get with the montage. And then we see over time, they start to really like her. The kids grow to really like her. And as does Dean and even uh, Billy recognizes this is actually really good for him. And so they don't want mm-hmm. Dean to come clean. And so they won't support him trying to come clean. And um, yeah, he ends up falling, like they end up actually falling in love and coming like a real family. I, I don't know. I thought it was really endearing, like over time, even though he kidnapped her. <laughs> you know, and it's, yeah, I know. And my thing is the kids, like once the kids flipped or the kids took on, to her mm-hmm. and you know start really appreciating her for what she's she's doing for the family and everything that's when you know you bring kids into it it it's that that hits me right in 
feels as the kids say. Ah, uh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> you know, because they're, I mean, their mother is passed away, right? So, right. Yeah. Isn't that what happened? Right. Yeah. They isn't don't say how or why, but yeah, yeah they, they mentioned that she died. So she, at first, like, can't stand the kids. She's like, what is this? Cannot possibly be my life. There's mm -hmm. such terrors. But then, yeah, like, she helps the little one learn to read. Like, she's a calming, mm -hmm. motherly presence in their life. And we see Dean overhear her standing up for the kid to right, yeah. the school principal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like, the, teaching the kid to read. They, they work together on the mini golf plans. Yes, yeah. Uh, Another montage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot that was a montage. <laughs> what did you think of that little, like, I don't know, like subplot, the mini golf thing? I forgot about that completely from, you know, from my previous viewings. And then when he's him and the guy are talking about in the beginning, like, oh, we're going to start a mini golf course. I thought that was just like a, a harebrained, you know, uh, kind of a, a lazy way that they say they're going to try to hit it rich, you know? Mm -hmm. but then they, they she helps them draw up the plans, and then they start building the uh, the thing. And I'm like, oh man, this is really like something that they're following through with. It's not just some harebrained get rich scheme. Yeah, yeah, you know. And it and it there's a yeah, good touching she has the scene. Idea yeah, we're shown the different wonders of the world because she has this idea mm -hmm. to do that. And um, I remember as a kid, like going through, it was like. Mount Rushmore and the Eiffel Tower and whatever the different ones they show us. I remember thinking that was so cool when I was a kid. I'm like, I want to go to that mini golf yeah. course. Yeah, we don't yeah, have yeah. that in my little town. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, the saddest part was uh, to me in the end when when the, the husband comes back and and she confronts Dean on everything. And he just, he there's nothing that he can possibly say. So he doesn't say anything. He kind of just looks at her. While she's going off on him, you know, that, that like his reaction there kind of, you know, it was, it was touching. It was sad. Agree. Plus we get the sad music to accompany the scene, mm -hmm. but it was like, if you're her, I mean, if that really happened to you, I, yeah. And she's, yeah, she's like, you tricked me, you used me. Mm -hmm. And you're to your point. Yeah. Like he's, there's nothing he can say. Yeah, I no, agree. and I'm sure as the the accuser in that scenario, you probably just want that person to say something to to have it make sense, like justify it somehow. And there's nothing that he can say, which I'm sure for her is frustrating, and for him is like, you know, he sees he sees it all crumbling and down around him, you know. Yeah, yeah, not even like I I you know he doesn't even try to explain it that because by that mm -hmm. time. They've fallen in love by this point. Like, and he even right. gives her a wedding ring and everything. So they're like all happy coming home from like the mm -hmm. ceremony of the mini golf course opening. And at the same time, uh, what's his name? Grant can't like dodge Joanna's mom's like inquiries anymore. So he's like, all mm -hmm. right, I guess we'll have to go get her. But on that point though, how did he know where she was? Or he just like searched around the town because he knew she was in Elk Cove, I guess. Did it come out on the news when Dean picked her up? Because it was on the news when she had amnesia. Yeah, and he came to the hospital and then left her there when he saw her being rude. Oh, yeah, rude. Grant did. But, but when Dean came to pick her up, was that like, oh, her husband was oh, found? Uh, news, oh, no, no, I don't think so. No, no I don't think so. Yeah, so how would he have known? How would he have known where she was? 
Well, if he went to the hospital, he knew she was in the town, but I don't know how he knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I see so, what yeah. I see what you're saying now that she, he didn't know she was with Dean, but um, yeah. So when they do fall in love, we get this turning point scene where it's like her fake birthday. So he takes mm-hmm. Joanna out, and you know they they have champagne and that's when they like get it on for the first time like and really and they they've fallen in love with each other and that story of um like arturo like the legend of this arturo being oh, lost yeah. at sea with his love katarina or something mm-hmm. she asks how old she is and he says 29 there's no way she has a 13 year old yeah, I just thought that was weird. Why didn't because they've already established that they've been married for 13 years. So why didn't he yeah. make up at least like 32 or something? Because she yeah, was, I know 35. So she was 16 when they got married and had their first yeah, kid. no way. I don't think so. Yeah, I caught I took note of that. The um the the whole them having sex under these pretenses was another moment that I was like not. You know, this isn't cool, you know, on Dean's part. The when they actually do, like there's it's clear that they they've grown, like there is actually something there. But earlier on there's a scene where like he's talking about sex a lot and he um it's like they almost do, but then he's like, Oh, you gotta go to the couch. But I was like, oh, my God, yeah, please yeah. don't. Like, I had kind of forgotten because that would have been like she's brand new to this situation, doesn't know anything. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like he for sure. Yeah. Again, through the 2023 lens, you know, back then, it, you know, probably didn't raise any eyebrows. But now, I don't know, maybe we're just too exposed to like, you know, woke culture that, you know, we, we see. Well, like I don't even think okay. that's woke culture. That's just like, hey. That's not cool. Like we're just like yeah. recognizing stuff that's not acceptable. Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. But back where in the eighties, it wouldn't raise any eyebrows now because we're saturated by. I mean. Yeah. What's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. I get it. You know, taking advantage yeah. of a woman who has amnesia is not okay. Super in, not okay in, in any decade. There's a lot of things from eighties movies. It's like wow, okay, but but yeah, like. We just took it. We didn't. We didn't think. I don't know for whatever reason. Um, we've grown as a society, perhaps. But yes. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to think. I loved. What did you think about the scene where, like, shown that she's grown now when she's back home or back on the yacht? So she's like, all fancy again, but she's not. Like, she wants a beer mm-hmm. instead, and she does tequila shots with the crew and. Yeah, you know, I loved that. Her 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 redemption meant more when she's interacting with the crew than when yeah. she orders a beer in front of her mother. You know what I mean? And husband. Mm-hmm. It's um because it kind of it, it redeems her from being a shitty person in the beginning of the movie. You know, and she does apologize. She, yes, yes. Yeah. 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 I agree. And she even picks up a tray like we're just shown that she's actually being considerate of other people's needs or or wants like picking up a tray somebody wanted something so she got a tray and they were like mm-hmm. what are you doing you don't you know we have servants for that but yes yeah. yeah. so i liked yeah. to your point her her redemption story a little bit there yeah she she had a full full circle character arc yeah yeah there's a lot of points in this movie where there's like simultaneous actions 
now that I'm kind of thinking through because then like at the same time that they're coming home all happy, we get a scene where Grant's coming. Like that's like a simultaneous thing. And then mm -hmm. now that she's home, but realizes that, that she really does love Dean and the kids at the same time, yeah. they go after her yeah. and she turns the boat around to go after them. There's a lot right. of that in this movie, which is perfect 80, 80s cheese, but yeah, yeah, the, the parallel stories like kind of coming together. Mm -hmm. That's a, at a few different points. Yeah, I like that. It's good movie making. It is, and they even incorporated the legend of Arturo. So they're mm -hmm. the, their boats are now headed towards each other, and they're close enough, and they they scream each other's name, like Arturo and Catalina, and jump in, and it's like this per yeah. swim to each other, and it's perfect. I love an 80s cheesy ending and we know, definitely yeah. we definitely get it here. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I was still like um like researching as the movie played out and the the um end credit song by Randy Newman it really good, like uh kind of a, like a good love song which surprised the shit out of me. That oh like if you actually listen to the words, you mean? Yeah, because I listened through I listened through the the credits and everything, mm -hmm. just like the melody and and everything about it. It's like a, a yeah, and, and the words of course, but it's like a like a nice like a nice mm -hmm. song. It surprised me. I didn't I didn't expect that. That's true, and yeah, Randy Newman. Well, mm -hmm. did you? I have a feeling that you took particular note of the final scene when, given your situation, when she oh. says, "Yes," you know, like. He said, so what can I give you that you don't already have? Yes. And mm -hmm. she says, and a what? little girl. Yeah. Is it? I, I don't know. Me. I thought of you. I thought of you, though. Did you? you uh, yeah. Because I'm like, because you have two boys, right? Yes. I have two Not boys. Four. They're you older. Don't have four. No, I don't have four. God help me. And I have and two boys, you... 13 and 11. So at the same age as like Travis and probably the twins. The twins. Oh, yeah. All right. And mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to have a little girl now after, after being off, you know, having had a, I'm 11 years out of practice and yeah, I'm finally getting a little girl. Well, congratulations to you on that and good Thank luck you. because you, like you said, you're out of practice a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> so I could, we could make a 80s sitcom, uh, not sitcom, 80s comedy movie out of me being like, you know, try to get back into changing yeah. diapers and everything. Yeah, you should. All actually. we need is a montage, yes. a montage. All right. Actually, by the time by the time this episode comes out, she'll she'll be here, unless it's coming within like the next three days. No, no, no. But yes. Yeah. So again, in in the future, people, um, Doug will be a new dad again. Yeah. By the time this episode comes out, do you have a name picked out? You don't have to tell us, but do you? No. Yeah. Yes. Uh, her name's going to be Alicia. Alicia Faith. Ooh, that's pretty. Thank you. Aww. A little girl. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, very excited. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Well, and Doug, thank you again because you're like a professional. You're having a baby any day now, and still you make time to come on the mm -hmm. Retro Maid show. I've been dying to come on the show for a long time. I, you know, I just want you to know. <laughs> well, good. I'm so glad. Because this, I mean, you talk 80s and 90s. This is my jam. I know. I It's so my I'm break very from happy. the real world. Really. I hear you. Yeah. We, we need that, especially the way the world is now. We need that break. Indeed. There's a little bit of trivia before we wrap up. So Kurt Russell's dad, Bing Russell, I just like that name, Bing. Great name. Um, <laughs> he, he plays uh, 
It just reminds me of Chandler Bing for some reason. <laughs> uh, so he played the sheriff in this movie, which I didn't mm -hmm. know. There, there was a casting alternative for Billy. Uh, can you picture another actor playing? Uh, Billy was the uh, the friend. Yeah, Mr. Trigger. There yeah, was a, a more famous actor that uh, was offered the role but turned it down. Can you picture anybody? I want to say that I saw this in my research, but I forgot who it was. John Candy. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But he, he was doing Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, he was. Yep, yep. Which came yeah, out the, yeah, same, right. the same month. Um, he would have been I, great. I could totally see that. Yeah. I loved sure. him. It's like similar dynamic to Splash, which is, I freaking love that yes. movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's John crazy. Candy. <laughs> It is. It's one of my favorite 80s movies of all time. Um, now, does the name Ryle Hunter ring a bell to you at all? Probably not. So mm. she, in this movie, she plays one of the young women that Grant parties with on the yacht. Like he's oh, having okay. a great time. One of the young, I don't know, she's probably in a swimsuit, probably. Mm -hmm. So she's the same. Ryle Hunter would later admit to having an affair with the North Carolina Senator John Edwards who and he fathered her child that whole debacle derailed his political mm -hmm. career and his marriage yeah i remember, vaguely so, yeah. remember yeah i vaguely remember john edwards being in the news yep so that same girl like one it's of those funny. girls yeah. was yep and then uh the truck in this that blue pickup truck that Dean, yes Dean this was yeah. my favorite piece yeah, yeah. really so his old yeah, truck I, I saw it. it was it was used in John Carpenter's They Live. And the, the scene where, where we see it is it's parked outside of a homeless camp and Rowdy Roddy mm -hmm. Piper walks past it. And apparently you can even read the sign that says mm -hmm. Dean Prophet Construction. Is that what is that where you were going to? It was in another movie, I think, too. It, yes. And the other movie was was what made me so happy. Oh. Is it is in the opening scene of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes, that's when they're right. Driving to get the Christmas tree and that pickup truck starts riding their ass and they, they, you know, go back and forth with passing each other on the road. I had kind of forgotten about that. They had repainted yeah. the Dean prophet wasn't on it. At yeah. That they, time, but yeah, no, they, yeah. they had painted that over at the time, but yeah, that, that little bit of information. I was like, that's awesome. I love an old pickup truck like that. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Oh, Oh, the other thing before we wrap up, I just like at the end of watching this, we were making fun of looking through something through a 2023 lens. Mm -hmm. But I really think like this movie with only a few tweaks would be changed from a romantic comedy to a crime thriller or even horror movie. Like if Dean was slightly less charming or not good looking and the music mm -hmm. was a little different, if we changed the music a little bit. I feel like the movie would now need like Liam Neeson's set of specific skills. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, you, you know they they do those once in a while on they'll do a YouTube trailer of a comedy movie and the way you cut the clips and uh and make like a a trailer out of out, like a certain way you you clip it and put music to it, you turn a comedy movie into a horror movie. Yeah. And I could they could definitely do that for this one for sure. Yeah. It's like human trafficking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Like I said, overboard. I can't, I can't get enough. I love overboard. Like, and I love seeing Goldie and Kurt together because they're real life partners. And I just so much nostalgia with, with overboard for me. So 
I don't know. Yeah. I, Their chemistry is, is undeniable. Their chemistry is amazing. And they look good together. They're a good couple together. And sure. I loved revisiting 1987 with you, Doug, and this movie. So thank you so much. Until the next Retromade episode, we'll go back in time again the next time. But thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me. This, is, this, was, this was a pleasure. A lot of fun. Well, thank you. Do you want to tell listeners one last time where they can find you? Yeah, all of my stuff is housed on the Last of the Action Heroes podcast network. So you search up Last of the Action Heroes. I'm on a few different shows there. I guest on others. Um, so yeah, that's basically where you can find me. Rocky Minute. The uh, I don't know if, if mine and Craig's and Ryan's show even has a name, but um, I also do the Arnold podcast with Seiko. And everyone should check it out. Oh, yeah. It was the first... Uh, you know, Craig had Slycast, Ryan had Going the Distance at the time, mm -hmm. and I had Rocky Minute. So that uh, the 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 triumvirate coming together was the last of the action heroes. Yes, and so, it's yeah. a good trio. You guys are hilarious. I love your episodes together. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you all for listening or watching on YouTube. And please, if you haven't already, follow the show on wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, and uh, give us a review. We love it. I love it. Please, please, please. And uh, keep the YouTube comments coming. Until next time, be kind. Rewind.